I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X-Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X-Files. Today, Allison, it's... Oh, oh, Allison, can you just uh, hold on one sec? I got someone at the door, I think. Oh, okay, that's rude. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Is this mic on? Yeah, it it is. Are you... You don't sound like my co-host. It's Santa Claus! Santa Claus? Oh my god! I've heard you've been a very naughty boy, That's correct, I've been extremely naughty! Tell me what naughty things you've done. Tell Santa what naughty things you've done. Well, Santa, even though my co-host Courtney insisted and continues to ask, I absolutely refuse to piss in the shower. Oh, ho, ho. that is the naughtiest thing of all, Allison. Am I going to get coal, Santa? So much coal up your hoo-hoo. What? (laughs) Oh, no! That's going to leave some kind of mark. Oh, I have... Allison, I've been playing a trick on you. What? I'm not really Santa Claus. What? I'm Santa Claus's kinky brother. Oh, what's your name? Bill. (laughs) Bill, you rascal. (laughs) Okay, it's time for me to leave now. Okay, see ya, you horny son of a bitch. I'm gonna go piss in Courtney's shower. (laughs) Perfect. Hey, did I miss anything? Yeah, Santa's horny cousin Bill was here. Yeah, there's like piss everywhere, my dude. Yeah, he's he's a real wild card. I wish he would have just come and done this episode for me. <laughs> yeah, no, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Allison, it is Christmas, I think. Uh, yeah, today, the day that people hear these sweet words from our beautiful mouths, Christmas Day. So if they are listening it today, that means that they they have nothing better to do. <laughs> yep. Or maybe they've just gathered their family members around the tree. All the presents are open. There's nothing good on TV. So they're just going to play this episode of this podcast. I hope they like feeling uncomfortable. (laughs) Sorry, Grandma. We're going to talk about piss and shit and fucking. (laughs) Yep. Allison, what, what episode are we talking about today on the day of baby Jesus's birth? We are talking about Three of a Kind, that's Season 6, Episode 20. And here's the description. After spotting the enigmatic Suzanne Modeski at a Las Vegas convention, the lone gunman tricks Scully into coming to their assistance. Well, that's, yeah, that's it. I guess we don't really have to talk about it. They kind of just laid it all out. That is exactly it. Though, Suzanne. Suzanne! When was the last time... That this, like, what season was this? Do you remember? I want to say it was last season, I think. Is it odd that the writers decided to, you know, play the long game and just sit on this episode until season six? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Although technically, like, the the events that this episode called back to happened last season, but it actually happened ten years ago. 
Yeah, that's true. So they just waited their ding-dong time. Mm-hmm. Maybe David Duchovny, he was like, you know what? I don't really actually want to do this anymore. Try one without me. I think he was like, you know what? I wrote and directed the last one, so this one's kind of on you guys. <laughs> I did a two for last time. I really don't want to do a one for today. Yeah, so sorry, uh, Jillian. You're going to have to take it. Now, I have a question for you. Season seven is when Mulder leaves, correct? I think, yeah, I think he leaves in oh, at some point in season seven. We're almost free. So close to being free of Mulder and his horrible face and self. So close. So good. Yes. Okay. So the plan is today, Space Cadet, since this is Christmas, uh, we're going to just skedaddle through this one. And then we got some good Yuletide stories for y'all. Uh-huh. Okay. We start with a dream. Yep. And it is from the... The fancy goblin? What's what's his name? Yeah, the the handsome goblin, uh, William Fitzgerald Byers. Byers, yes. And he said he says he's ha- keeps having a dream where everything is perfect because JFK has never been assassinated. Yeah, and the American people have never been lied to. <laughs> okay, bud. Oh boy, boy, isn't that a beautiful view of history? Uh huh. That democracy was perfect until JFK, until fucking 1962, when JFK was like, uh, maybe not. Right before then, everything was peachy keen. Oh, the presidents were perfect and they never lied to the American people. No one was ever suspicious about anything. There was no disenfranchisement of the American voters. Absolutely not. (laughs) I hate this. (laughs) Yep. You know what is also a lie, Allison? What? He has a really happy life, but he has twins. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. No one is happy with twins, Allison. No, that's a lot of baby. That's a lot. Hey, that's a lot of child. <laughs> he says uh, he has everything that you need to be happy in life. A home, family, and love. Okay, well, I guess I'll just fuck off then. <laughs> no, no, no. We can still have the golden retriever. That's true. Yeah. Do love that golden retriever. Yeah, there there will always be golden retriever, Allison. Sorry, I was just staring at my cat. Oh. <laughs> Does your cat make you happy? Yeah, half the time. <laughs> what happens the other half? She vomits on my bed. Oh, okay. Is that a gift or? I think she thinks it's a gift. Now, is this just like, is this... Have you done anything to intimidate or or is she upset at something? Yeah, often. Often it, she's upset that I, you know, wouldn't let her in my room for a period of time <laughs> or, you know, I, I made her stop eating plastic. Oh, you monster. Or I picked her up when she was about to shit on the floor. You monster. <laughs> I know. And then she gets upset. She throws up. Oh, boy. Well, you'll always have Frisbee. Yeah, I'll always have Frisbee because she's going to live forever. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, so this X-Files. Yeah. Allison. Uh-huh. It's about the Gerblins. It is, it is a full, full-on Gerblin romp. It's a full-on Gerblin romp. They're at DragCon? No. DEFCON. DEFCON. <laughs> uh, they're at DEFCON, which is a defense minister or ministry of defense, like, convention yeah and so all the big weebs are there 
trying to get information, I guess. Uh-huh. About what? Who knows? About how much these heterosexual men hate their wives. Oh my gosh, yeah. The first scene is about um, a handsome Gerblin is playing poker, trying to get information. And all they're talking about is the bad marriages that they have or how other people are married to bad women. Oh, it's so awful. Just, you know, women, when you marry them, it's bad. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, I do have to say, there was something good in this. Oh, yeah? It was... It was R.L. Stein Goblin's vest. Oh, his little hotel vest? Once again, he has vest fashion that others can only dream about. That is so true. He has this, like, cable knit sweater vest, but I think it's got a little shine in it because it was kind of shiny. Got a little, like, a little gold thread running through there. Yeah, I don't know who decided that was going to be the uniform or... If R.L. Stein Gerblin just brought it himself, but it was mwah, perfect. <laughs> Why are they playing uh, poker there, Allison? They're, they're trying to get some information out of one of the bigwigs at this here table. Uh, and, and do they? No, he's got the drop on them. He's like, hey, I hear you work on air conditioners. And then Handsome Gerblin's like, yeah, but I don't know enough to convince you. He he rolled bad. He rolled a a, a, a nat one. Actually. Yeah, he did not succeed in his uh, oh boy persuade check. No, so they kick him out and they go back to their hotel room. And later on, we see that Allison. There's more than three Gerblins. There are a few more Gerblins that we really had bargained for. Yeah, we actually put a a, a stick into their nest and just kind of shook it around to see <laughs> what would come out. They just came pouring out of that they baby. Just, oh boy, they're just recreating like crazy. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so we find there are at least two, if not three more Gerblins who come out of the woodwork, correct? Yeah, Jimmy and Timmy. Jimmy and Timmy? I thought it was Jimmy and also Jimmy. No, I'm pretty sure it's Jimmy and Timmy. Okay. There is a third one in there, too. He didn't get a name. No, he wasn't important enough for us to understand why he was there or why we should care, really, honestly. Yeah. So we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, X-Files. So they're here to gather information about what is happening in the government in terms of covert operations aka assassination attempts aka wet works yeah let's talk about what they mean by wet works <laughs> wet works usually means like you know people who are out there murdering doing assassinations you gotta clean really? up the body that's real wet work what if really yeah what if you when you kill a body it's not wet Courtney, all bodies are wet what on the inside <laughs> oh Oh, on the inside. And then all that liquid comes right out when you kill him. Ew, just plug up the hole. It's gross. <laughs> just throw some toilet paper in there and then do the dirty I like, deed. I like that dry works. <laughs> I'm a professional. I like aqueous works. Mm, Somewhere oh, in the middle. Flowing. <laughs> <laughs> now, these two boys jimmy and timmy they talk about and i really want to unpack this an all-you-can-eat lobster buffet 
and boobage. Yeah, it's got. They say it's got a free floor show, and there's plenty of boobage. Let's let's tear that apart. You got as many crustaceans as you can tear apart with your your fucking hands. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But there's also a, a floor show, maybe some showgirls. It, but or is it a strip club? I well, if they're seeing boobage. Are That's they seeing true. a full boob, or are they just seeing the outsides? I don't know. Are they seeing the top, the middle, or the bottom? The side. The side. Well, oh. it's not the 2000s yet, so probably not the side. No? <laughs> oh, side. Thank you, early 2000s, for side boob. You really, you really oh. helped us, the gays. You really just, <laughs> you really, you really freed us there. <laughs> Because everyone, everyone kind of looked at that. No matter what gender or sexuality you were, you kind of looked at the side boob. You're like, yeah, I can freak with that. I'm into it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're eating the, you're eating the lobster. Yeah. I'm you're eating con- the lobster. You're consuming. What do you put on lobster, Allison? I've never had lobster in my life. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, never, never had lobster in my whole life. It's just a big sea bug, really. I know. And now I'm afraid to eat it. Are you? Well, because I'm allergic to fish now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, fish ain't, fish ain't lobster. That's true. Fish ain't lobster. <laughs> I'm putting that on a t-shirt. 2019, fish ain't lobster. <laughs> yes! What does it mean? You'll never know. I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. You can eat lobster, but you, you get... Here's the thing with lobster. You eat the claws. Yeah. You eat the little legs. You kind of like... You use them as like a little meat straw. Okay. And then there is the tail. Now, the tail is a little bit scary because you can open it up and it's a little nitty gritty in there. Yeah, the tail's the chonky boy, right? Yeah, it's the it's the chonky boy for sure. You drown absolutely everything. You drown this big bad bug in liquefied butter. Mm. That is how you do. Because you are eating a sea bug. Yeah. And the more it can taste like butter, the better. More butter, the better. That's what I always say. So you are, just say you are a very good strip club patron. Uh Uh-huh. So you're at the front. I am. Right? You are. Everyone should be. You got your fivers. You got your plastic. Now, in Canada, they're plastic five. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's integral to this whole, whole point. You got your butter. (laughs) Yeah. Makes it easier to slip them in there. Your hands are covered because really, realistically, there is no tool. There is no tool that God has made that can crack a fucking lobster and get the meat to your mouth fast enough. No, absolutely not. So you are using your 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 hands. It's like what Jesus would have wanted. Uh-huh. You and you are you know what? The 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 entertainment in front of you has done the fucking a most amazing extension of your life. It is hoo hoo city, and you just gotta fling some fives because you're appreciating her and her art. But your hands are full of butter. <laughs> yeah. So you just slide that through, and that, my friend, that is when it gets dangerous. That is, I was just thinking that that's super dangerous. Pleasers like huge shoes and pleasers. Do not do well under butter. No. Or over top of butter either. <sighs> She's going to slide right across the stage. That is not safe for anybody. You no, can't it's have... not safe for anybody. Courtney, you can't have an all-you-can-eat lobster buffet at a floor show. <laughs> that is you... that is an OSHA violation. 
Oh, and the poles, Allison. The poles. You put too much grease on that pole. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be good. You can't get up those. Nope. Be like little firemen. Just flies. Just slide right down. All the best tricks. You're not gonna see them. You're gonna try to grip them with your thighs, and what's gonna happen is your thong's gonna just enter your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Now, to confirm this story, <laughs> the R.L. Stalin Gerblin, when he hears of lobsters and boobage, he puts on these very special gloves. Did yes, you see this? I did see the- this. <laughs> these are his strip club all-you-can-eat lobster gloves. Because he knows what's up. <laughs> because he eats, he eats it with the gloves. He has the butter on the gloves. They're pre-buttered, by the way. Okay. And then he takes them off to hand the fiver in. Mm, and he, you know, he rubs extra butter on the gloves before going in, so he's brought his own extra butter for the lobster. The 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 gloves are like seasoned, if you will. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> they're like they're like two pans that he has painstakingly covered in oil and <laughs> baked in the oven. Yeah, it's just permeated. Disgusting. <laughs> anyway. There's a problem. Yeah. It's Suzanne. Suzanne is there, and she was supposed to have been abducted ten years ago. Ain't nobody seen her since. But now she's fine, I guess. Yeah, she's back in business with a real, just a, a haircut that God forgot. <laughs> it's like her hairdresser saw the advertisement for lobster and boobage. like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> We'll just leave out that how it is. Oh, my God. Now, this is when we have Tarantino shot number one. Yeah. It was like, it was the, no, no, no. It was the um, Handsome Gerblin is getting ice. Oh, yeah, that shot. Yeah, there's three of them. And this is a very odd choice. Walk me through it. Well, so he sees Suzanne, his uh, former lover. Was it? Wait, hold on. They weren't fucking. No, I think he just had a crush on her. That's gross. Yeah, the the whole episode's got a real nice guy vibe to it. So he was was just like into her kind of and then now obsessed with her. Yeah. You know what? He says to his Gerblin friends, I saw the lady love of my life that I met and talked to thrice. Uh, so they told him to stick his head in a bucket of ice. He goes to get the ice. He go gets the ice from the ice box, right? Yeah. He opens the lid, and we are the cameras in the ice right, box. Right, 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 right. Very, very Tarantino. And yeah. this is not the first time he. While he's gathering ice, he actually sees Suzanne and the guy he lost the poker money to. Uh huh. And they're gonna fuck. They're gonna fuck. So he takes the ice back, and the next shot is us seeing his head in the ice bucket yeah. again Tarantino shot number two just doing that ice bucket challenge yes <laughs> but very uh, much more clean cleanly yeah upside down yeah much more clean much more clean i don't know why they made that choice it's an interesting one was it like hot back th- what is this 2001 oh it was hot back then for sure yeah 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 Ugh, tarantino hot Ugh. <sighs> did you Hey, in university, were you one of the people who were really into Tarantino? No, I was not one of those really? people. No. Were you? Oh, yeah. You know I was. God. 
I took like three film courses. I knew everything. No, I was uh, I was a Coen Brothers kid. Oh yeah, so you were cool before even Coen Brothers were cool. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so they the Gerblins decide that they need to call in help, so they call in Scully. Well, sort of, kind of. What happens? They uh, they manipulate a machine to have uh, Mulder call Scully, basically, like by them typing it in and his voice saying what they're typing. Do you know how much, how many recordings of Mulder's talking they would need to have to recreate that message to Scully? A lot, like, or like three, because he <laughs> calls he calls Scully all the time. That's true. They just have to chop and screw like three different ones together. Literally, I think the whole message was. Scully, I need you. I'm in trouble. Come to Las Vegas. That's it. Like, literally, that was probably one that they recorded, like, a couple years ago, and they just replayed. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so she so does. Come- yeah, Scully comes to Las Vegas. Yep. And uh, what ends up happening, because I get a little bit, gosh, I get a little bit, uh wacky in here let's see just uh okay so skelly's there the guys are like uh hey it's uh you, you came and Mulder's not here and they're like kind of shit talking with some of these other weebs and then yeah. one of the weebs disappears and he tries to sneak into the conference oh yeah he, he wants to prove that he can do it and then jimmy realizes that timmy is actually one of the feds and then oh, no timmy catches him and injects him with something and he jumps in front of a bus yes and the Gerblins think that, or they know automatically that this is, something is wrong. Yeah. Um, now, this is when Scully does her, her autopsy, correct? Correct. Uh, okay. So, we got a couple things going on here. At this point, small R.L. Stein Gerblin is spying on a naked woman. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so... He goes into, uh, I guess, bug Suzanne's room. Yeah. And she's going to unclothe. You know, the director thought this is going to be really important to the scene. Maybe add some humor to the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have this old man sneak into a woman's bedroom boudoir unexpectedly and just peep on her as she undresses. Yeah, they thought it was going to be a real larf. But you know what? I'm glad they added the very... The very, you know, funny music, so I would know that it was a joke. Oh, yeah, for sure. Otherwise, you're like, oh, man, this is a real serious and horny situation. (laughs) Or this is a real offense. This man should go to jail. Yep, one of the two. The one thing I did enjoy in this is a handsome Gerblin does knock on Suzanne's door and just to say, hey, like, you were kidnapped by the government and now you're working for the government? What up with that? And she's like, just please go away. I don't owe you anything, uh-huh. which is true. Yep. And while she is doing that, R.L. Stein Gerblin is hoisting himself up into the ducks. He certainly did. Now, these these air ducks are, are Gerblin-sized because this is the second time a Gerblin has crawled through one of them. Yeah, this hotel really needs to work on their ducts. <laughs> they just want wide, luxurious ducks. Now, is this the, the nest that you poke to get the gerblins to come out of? Oh, yes. The ducks? Yes. You kind of have to... 
kind of have to gas bomb them and they it just they all kind of flood out yeah just throw a smoke bomb into a, a las vegas hotel duct system and all the gerblins are just gonna come pouring out it'll be fun and the legionnaire's disease too oh perfect <laughs> it's kind of like when you try to get rid of moles in your lawn and you don't want to be mean and like drop poison in them mm-hmm. so what you do is you stick your hose in one of their th- homes and it just floods their whole system and they come screaming out that also sounds mean no, and then they run to your neighbor's lawn and it's none of your business. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. That's not mean at all. <laughs> that's that's what my dad did. It was great. That's capitalism. <laughs> uh, well, while this whole situation is ha- happening, Skelly is doing the autopsy. Do you want to talk about uh-huh. that? Yeah, so Skelly does the autopsy and um, uh, Garth is there with her and he yeah. just really is not... He says he's going to watch the autopsy, but then he feels very ill and he has to go throw up. And yep. uh, while he's throwing up, uh, Jimmy or Timmy, Timmy comes in and he injects Scully with that good stuff. Yeah, that good, good laughy juice, I guess. Flirt juice. Ew. <laughs> well, because she wakes up and she starts flirting with everyone. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird. So Did not care for it at all. Is it that... Is it that you're, it's like kind of brainwashing juice because you're kind of really agreeable? Yeah, it makes you really susceptible. But if you're femme, then it makes you real horned up. Yeah, I think that is the situation. Cool, 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 cool. Hey. It really cool. uh, did not strike me as being something I appreciated. And you know, it's funny because I know the Gerblins didn't really understand this whole thing because R.L. Stein Gerblin was walking through the hotel and he, he hears laughter from Skelly for the first time ever. Because she's such a cold, hard shrew. Yes. Uh, so Heath's like, well, I know something's wrong because she's being sexually suggestive towards me and other men. Something's up! <laughs> Can we... Let's skip to the plan. Okay. Plan is, we've got to rescue a Suzanne. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure she, the government doesn't know she exists anymore. Yeah, because right now they're on her and her fiance is like pulling a, running a fast game on her. And she is offended that her invention is being used for evil and not good. Her brainwashing shot. Yeah, that's obviously only to be used for good. Obviously, you know, because, wait, how could brainwashing be used for good? You know, when you like... Use it to wash your brain out. Oh, because it's real dirty. It's so dirty in there. Because mm, your brain? Santa Claus's gross, kinky brother, Bill, he came and he and he come. In your ear and then it went all in your brain and oh. now your brain's dirty. <laughs> it's a real oh. wet works in there. <laughs> Bringing it back. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Hope you like callbacks. <laughs> uh so what they need to do is first of all they uh uh what's it garth gerblin mm-hmm. he was shot with a silly juice and she's yeah. gonna inoculate him save him so we don't know that happens until after but yeah she inoculates him no. but then he still carries on with the thing they told him to do yeah because is- the government told him to assassinate someone suzanne suzanne <laughs> So he goes to the big conference and he gets up when they have a break and he shoots her three times. Bang, 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 bang. And all the blood comes out. And then... It's so juicy. 
it's so juicy. And then they make her fiance get Scully gets her fiance to go to a room. And then Timmy comes out and he tastes the blood. And he's like, hmm, this is a fresh jam if I've ever seen some. Tangy. <laughs> there's a there's a raspberry seed in here. <laughs> so he knows something's up because he is CIA. Yeah. And so he go into the room and he shoot a, the bad government man and he take a Suzanne mm-hmm. and he goes to the Gerblin's room and the, he's threatening the Gerblins and then Suzanne shoots him? No. no, Byers is on the floor and he injects the stuff into his foot. Yeah, right into the stuff. The stuff. <laughs> he injects his foot full of hot butter. <laughs> Callbacks for no oh. reason. <laughs> yeah, as like a human lobster on the, on the front stage of a strip show. You inject <laughs> that bug right with hot liquid dairy. <laughs> So it, I guess then they inject him with the stuff and then they make him turn himself in and they erase Suzanne from all the records everywhere and she's free to go. And she says, come with me, buyers. Oh, and he's like, no, my country needs me. What? And then they kiss. Ugh. And then she leaves. It's a real weird nice guy narrative. It's real. You know what? Hey, the X-Files is full of them because it's garbage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we uh-huh. hate it. Do you want to rate this fucker? Yeah, we're done. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it so good. It's our Christmas gift to you. We talked under 20 minutes. <laughs> I ran on a spooky scale. One is I'm going to have a nap. Five is I will never sleep again. I'm going to give this like a point zero two because I was desperate for a nap. Okay. I ran on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means this is a great episode that I didn't hate, all the way to My Struggle Part 3, which is the worst one we've ever watched. And I'm going to give this a six because... Um, it probably would have been a fun romp if the Gerblins weren't so creepy and it didn't have a weird nice guy narrative and if Scully, like, didn't get all, like, loose and horny because she was injected Ah. with brainwashing juice, which had a real, it had a real date rape vibe. Oh, defo. It's like Scully has two settings, shrill harpy and horned up teenager. Oh, and a third setting, kidnapped. Oh, (laughs) oh, fourth setting? Baby crazy. Uh-huh. That's all That's all that women are. I'm gonna kidnap this child. It's mine now. Women are cold trues, or they're horny, or they're kidnapped, or they're baby crazy. Ugh. Allison, I hate this. It's not very Christmassy. No. Can we do a personal X-Files together? Yes. To talk about the best part of Christmas, the Yule Lads. Yeah! Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. I'm going to read my article because I think I was going to introduce them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have extra special treats for us? I do. Okay. Icelandic children get to enjoy the favors on not just one, but three Father Christmases. Ooh. So they're just little Santas. <laughs> Called the Yule Lads, these merry but mischievous fellows take turns visiting kids on 13 nights leading up to the Christmas. On each of those nights, children place one of their shoes on the windowsill. For good boys and girls, the Yule Lad will leave candy. If not, the Yule Lads are not subtle in expressing their disapproval. They fill the shoe with rotting potatoes. <laughs> 
Apparently, the Ulads used to be a lot more creepy than they are today, too. But in 1974, parents were officially banning from tormenting their kids with monster stories about the particular creatures. Today, they're mostly benign, save for the harmless tricks they like to play. Oh, my God. So, there's, there are 13 of them. Each mm-hmm. one has a special name. Can I tell you about them? Please. Okay. <clears throat> the first Ulad was named Gully Gawk. He likes to steal foam from the buckets of cow milk. Oh. He likes that hot tit liquid. Not the foam. Oh, he loves the foam. <laughs> the bubble milk. Oh, so luxurious. Oh. Number two, sheep coat Claude. He tries to suckle ewes in a farmer's sheep's shed. What? <laughs> Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> so both of these first yule lads are very tit centric uh-huh they love that hot horny livestock milk they do <laughs> that's gross, gross. <laughs> my personal favorite stubby he's short and steals food from frying pans i mean me too so it's you it's you <laughs> Ooh, some fried bacon? Uh, don't mind if I do. It's me, Stubby. <laughs> number number four, his name is just Spoon Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and he lick, he lick the spoon. He lick the spoon. The second one must be his twin brother, because that is Pot Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. And he a lick of the pot. Oh, my God. Now, Allison, hold tight, because they do have a triplet. What? <laughs> His name is Bowl Licker. <gasps> he licking the bowl. He, he, he steals your marijuana bowls and licks them clean. <laughs> oh, no, Bowl Licker. I needed that oh. to get through the holiday. Sorry, he sa- it says he steals food of- bowls of food from underneath the bed. <laughs> Why would you... Oh, boy. Okay, so we got past the liquor the liquor triplets. But the fun is just beginning. Oh, good. Door slammer. He stomps around and slams doors, keeping everyone awake. Okay. Okay. Uh, this Too one. Rude. Skewer gobbler. Mm. He eats up all that Icelandic yogurt, yo. No, not the yogurt. Yeah. He got that gogurt. He gotta go. <laughs> uh, sausage swiper. <laughs> Same. He's gonna just jerk you off real good <laughs> while you're asleep. If you've been a good boy or a naughty boy, swipe I don't that know. sausage. Oh boy, swiper, no swiping. <laughs> oh no. Next one, window peeper. <laughs> Yeah, we sure can't. Hey, you know what? You've read all that smut for me last time, a couple times ago. This is my turn. (laughs) Now listen to what... Oh, no. I just... I looked at the other ones and these are very bad. Okay. Window peeper. He likes to creep outside windows and sometimes steal the stuff he sees inside. Oh, no. He gonna steal your titties. (laughs) So he's he's, Uh, uh, the gerblin. 
Yeah, he is the Gervlin. We did see them in their natural habitat. Next one, Candlebagger. Okay. He just steals candles. That's, you know what? That's the chillest one so far. <laughs> Yo, bro, I need some heat and some light. <laughs> <laughs> Hook me up. Uh, next one, Meat Hook. Oh, God. <laughs> he got a giant schlong. Yep. Yeah, that checks out. And he snatches up any meat left out, especially he lover the smoked lamb. You know what? Who doesn't? <laughs> now, the last one, Allison, I'm just going to tell you this, this Yulad's name, and I want you to tell me what he does. And I, you know what? Maybe won't tell you if you're right or wrong. The last one and best one is door sniffer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the easy what? answer is he sniffing the door. <laughs> What's his kink? <laughs> he sniffs behind closed doors to see what you're doing. Oh boy. <laughs> That's the Yule Lads. I love every one of them except for all of them and I hate them. <laughs> what? Bowl liquor, spoon liquor, and pot liquor aren't your base? <laughs> uh uh. Do you have anything else about the Yule Lads? Oh yeah. I have yeah. the Yule Lads poem. Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like we should have some, like, backup Christmas music while you read this poem. Uh, okay. Here is uh, the, the Yuletide Lads poem. Okay. Let me tell the story of the lads of few charms who once upon a time used to visit our farms. Thirteen altogether, these gents in their prime didn't want to irk people all at one time. They came... <laughs> they want... Wait, wait. They want to spread it out, yo. <laughs> They came from the mountains, as many of you know, in a single, in a long single file to the farmsteads below. Creeping up all stealth, they unlocked the door, the kitchen and the pantry they came looking for. Oh? Gryla, <laughs> Gryla was their mother. She gave them ogre milk and the father Lepilaudi a loathsome ilk. They They're were really, hold on. They're really into milk? Yeah. They're really into milk. Really into milk. <laughs> oh, no. They hid where they could with a cunning looker sneer, ready with their pranks when people weren't near. They were called the Yuletide lads. At Yuletide they were done and always came one by one, not ever two by two. And even no, when they were seen... That's dirty. <laughs> Yo, it gets so much worse, you don't even know. And even when they were seen, and they weren't loath to roam, and play their tricks disturbing the peace of the home. Now we really get into it and we break them down one by one, okay? Oh my gosh, this is a journey. Okay. The first of them was Sheep Coat Claude. He came stiff as wood. To prey upon the farmer's sheep as far as he could. <laughs> he wished to- Wait, wait, stiff as wood? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> he wished to suck the ewes, but it was no accident- he couldn't. Uh, he had stiff knees. Not too convenient. <laughs> he can't bend right underneath those tits. Nope. Oh my god. The second was Gullygawk, gray his head and mine. He snuck into the cowborn from his craggy ravine. Hiding in the stalls, he would steal the milk while the milkmaid gave the cowherd a meaningful smile. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, they're gonna fuck. Oh, no! (laughs) 
Okay. Oh, no. Stubby was the third called, a stunted little man, who watched for every chance to whisk off a pan. And scurrying away with it, he scraped off the bits and stuck to the bottom and brims his favorites. I love Stubby. I Can love I Stubby. I, Stubby is all of us. Stubby's oh. the best. He is the best. I love the little biddles at the bottom. Now, we're on to the triplets here. Oh, God. <laughs> the fourth was spoon liquor. Like a spindle, he was thin. He felt himself in clover when the cook wasn't in. Then mm. stepping up, he grappled the stirring spoon with glee, holding it with both hands, for it was slippery. Because <laughs> all that milk is everywhere. <laughs> Scraper, the fifth one, was a funny sort of chap. When kids were given scrapings, he'd come to the door and tap, and they would rush to see if there really was a guest, and then he hurried to the pot and had a scraping fest. <laughs> it's the little things. It is the little things. Do you remember when you were little and your parents were like, you know, if you're good, we'll give you the bottom of this pan. No, sorry, the bottom of the bowl? Yeah, you're going to have a scraping fest. Please, Papa. Please, I want please. some scrapings. <laughs> bowl liquor, the sixth one, was shockingly ill-bred. From underneath the bedste- bedsteads, he stuck his ugly head. And when the bowls Ew. were left to be licked by dog or cat, he snatched them for himself. He was sure good at that. Ugh. The seventh was Door Slammer, a sorry vulgar chap. When people in the twilight would take a little nap, he was happy as a lark with the havoc he would wreak, slamming doors and hearing the hinges on them squeak. Skier Gobbler, the eighth, was an awful stupid bloke. He lambasted the skier tub till the lid on it broke, and then he stood there gobbling. His greed was well known, until about to burst, he would bleat and howl and groan. with yogurt this is the yogurt one okay let's talk about the yogurt lad Uh uh-huh what about him well i just want to talk about like what wait 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 the one you just said or the one coming up the one i just said oh that was yogurt sounds he sounds like he's a rapscallion but he's a little bit more mean than the others yeah he's gonna eat your yogurt until he bursts and then he's gonna bleed and howl and groan he is He is a heathen. Yeah. Well, now we get to Sausage Swiper. Oh, boy. (laughs) The ninth was Sausage Swiper, a shifty pilferer. He climbed up to the rafters and raided food from there. Sitting on a crossbeam in soot and in smoke, he fed himself on sausage fit for gentlefolk. I mean, out of all, like, we know that Pot Scraper is and Spoon Licker, they're pretty chill. I think Sausage Swiper, I would party with him. Oh, I would want to, because you know he's going to deliver the meat. Yeah, and you know what? If you're, like, a harsh vibe on the party, he's just going to throw sausages at your head from up above. Yeah, that's chill. You know who's not chill? The next one. The tenth was Window Peeper, a weird Uh. little twit, who stepped up to the window and stole a peek through it. And whatever was inside to which his eye was drawn, he most likely attempted to take later on. Oh, boy, that is. Hey, that's unkind yep (laughs) 11th was door sniffer a doltish lad and gross he never got a cold yet had a huge sensitive nose he caught the scent of lace bread while leagues away still and ran towards it weightless as wind over dale and hill 
Oh, I get that. <laughs> you, you smell that fresh bread. Oh, you'll go running. Oh, I'm a coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm a coming there. for you. <laughs> oh. Meat Hook, the twelfth one, oh his talent would oh. display. As soon as he arrived on St. Thorlac's Day, he snagged himself a morsel of meat of any sort, although his hook at times was a tiny bit short. Oh, oh. Hey, was that a dick joke? <laughs> I think it maybe was. Oh boy, oh boy. The thirteenth was Candle Beggar. Twas cold, I believe. If he was not the last of the lot on Christmas Eve, he trailed after the little ones who, like happy sprites, ran about the farm with their fine fu- with their fine tallow lights. Creepy. That's pretty creepy. And uh, and now the the epilogue. Okay. On Christmas night itself, so a wise man writes, the lads were all restrained and just stared at the lights. Then one by one they trotted off into the frost and snow. On twelfth night the last of the lads used to go. Their footprints in the highlands are effaced now for long. Their memories have all turned to image and song. <laughs> That's very sweet, but I can't stop thinking about the window people. That whole poem was so horny! <laughs> Why is Iceland so horny, Allison? I don't know. Hey, Iceland? Hey, Iceland, put it back in your pants. <laughs> keep it together for one second, Iceland. This is Jesus' birthday, and you've sullied it with your horned-up lads. There's nothing, there's no need for that, Iceland. No, none at all. But you know what? I'm glad it exists. I'm glad to know the, the gospel of the Yule lads. Yeah. You want to do some predictions? Yeah. Okay, it, whose turn is it's it? It's your turn. I didn't get any points. Okay. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Um, so you're predicting season six, episode 21. Yeah. Uh, the title is Field Trip. Field Trip. Okay. Here it is, mm-hmm. Allison. This is the, is this the penultimate episode? It is the penultimate episode of season six. Oh, what? Okay. We're going on a, on a field trip. Mm-hmm. We are going back to school, Mulder and Scully style, which means they are going to back to where it all happened, uh, where... Her, his, uh, where Mulder's sister was kidnapped. Oh, but in, uh, what do you call it? Rhode Island? In Rhode Island. So what they're gonna do is they are gonna disguise themselves as teachers. Okay. And they are gonna go back to her elementary school. Okay. <laughs> and try to gather clues, but it's gonna turn into a kindergarten cop situation. Oh my god. Yup. I love it. Yup. So half point for going back to Rhode Island, half point for kindergarten cop situation. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Allison, we've got two more episodes left of this season of the X-Files. I know some space cadets might want to get in touch with us or leave us a review. How can they do that? You can email us at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. That's double spelled out, D-O-U-B-L-E. Or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at doublexfiles. And until we get kicked off for being too horny, at fuck yeah, doublexfiles on Tumblr, rip. Uh-oh, Rip. <laughs> Gotta take all my alien titties off of that. That's such a shame. Uh, 
You know what? Now that we don't have porn on Tumblr, I guess we can just add, ask the Yule lads to bring us porn. Yeah, I bet they would. Yeah, I bet they would. They're cool. Yeah. Um, If we, you know, we don't have a lot of time, or we have extra time because Tumblr's dead and it's the holidays, we don't want to spend time with our families because they suck. Yep. Uh, what kind of podcast could I listen to that would help me build a new family? Oh, you know, we have a wonderful family at the Major Cast Network. And if you wanted to check out uh, one of the podcasts over there, you could try this one out. Back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams and I have a podcast for you. It's called Big Time Whoopsies, and every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest, and you the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies. People are dumb, and history can prove it. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's a giddy. And remember, Space Cadets, if your family does suck this holiday season, we're your new dads now. We're your dads! Alice and I are your dads, and we love you and support you, and we're proud of you. And we're you. sorry that we talk about horny stuff so much. No, we're not. You should learn about these things. Yeah, that's true. It's time. It is <laughs> It is time for you to spread your kinky wings and fly into the shower and take a piss in it. <laughs> Gross. Oh, it's me, Santa's brother again, Bill. Oh, uh, Bill, get out of here. You're just one of the Yule lads, aren't you? I've... I've filled the tub with piss, hot, steaming yellow. <laughs> is that that's, that's my gift? That's Bill's Yule Lad name is Shower Pisser. <laughs> Happy holidays, boy! <laughs> okay, is that it, Allison? That is it. Okay, let's say until next time. The, the truth, truth is, is out, out there. there. Ho, ho, ho! Make sure you use lube! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> oh. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.